Hello and welcome to the Family Worship Center podcast. The message we're going to hear today was preached on Sunday, August 9th, 2020 by David Damiani, the pastor of Family Worship Center. If you're interested in upcoming events or anything regarding the church, you can visit our website at familyworshipcenter.org. But for now, let's just get right into the message. When we gather as the body of Christ on a Sunday, incrementally we're working toward the freedom of the Lord that we get out of our habits and mindset that we're here for three fast songs, three slow songs, prayer, a sermon, go home. That's not the biblical pattern of the family of God gathering together. The the biblical pattern of the family of God gathered is we meet to worship Him. We have an experience, an encounter with the living God. He's alive. He's real. He's here. He's with us. His presence is here. And we're gathered in corporate worship to let Him have His way, to let Him do what He will do in our midst, to move among us, to encourage those that need to be encouraged, to speak peace to those that are distraught and afraid, to speak power, to speak anointing, to speak freedom, authority, to heal, to deliver. He flows through us. We're gathered together like family. Family gets together. You, you might have a uh, Thanksgiving meal. You might have a, a time that you're planning on eating, but you don't walk in the door. If you're, if you're from a large family, my dad's one of nine, and when, he, when I was a little kid, we'd have sometimes the Damiani Thanksgivings, and there'd be a lot of people there. And I never walked in one time for the meal, and, and I, I was never handed a, a syllabus or a, an outline. There was never anything that said, you know, I don't know, what time do you eat Thanksgiving? Three or five or two or I don't know. What time do you guys eat Thanksgiving meal? All those different times. So 2 o'clock meal, 2.45, dessert. Three o'clock coffee, three fifteen, couch, <laughs> football game, five thirty, croquet in the front yard, you know. It's just you gather as a family and you eat together, you feast. He's prepared a table in the presence of your enemy, that song says. Why am I quoting that song? Well, because that's my song. I like that song. I love that song. It just, it just fires off images in my head when we're singing it. But he's prepared a table, Scripture, in the presence of our enemy. What does that mean? We're going to sit down and have a meal while all the evil is going on around us. And we're going to be at peace. And we're going to partake of a meal. And we're going to recline at the table and we're going to talk and he's going to talk to us. Sitting down at a table in the, in the midst of a, of a war, of a battle. And Sundays and Wednesdays have always been a time of the family gathering together and, and a, um, a respite from the world, etc. You know, whatever you came on a Sunday, and, and, but more than ever, more than ever, I'm, I'm glad we started 10. We used to start at 11. I'm glad we have one gathering time right now. And, and personally, um, I love the, the amount of time we spend together. And when you, when you connect in the Spirit with the Holy Spirit, 
time becomes irrelevant. A day is like a thousand years. A thousand years is like a day in, in the kingdom, in the spirit realm. So now, more than ever, do we need to gather together as family, sit around a table that he's prepared for us, right in the presence of evil and enemies, and receive nourishment and even tasty food. Not just nourishment of like a protein shake with some whatever blended into it. Drink, you know, guzzle your shake down. It's like delicious food in his presence. Awesome aromas of the presence of the Holy Spirit. More than ever, is it a time to to bask in his presence, absorb his presence, absorb the love that the body of Christ has for each other, be bolstered by that love, the love of of Jesus that's in us for each other, to just come apart for a while, disconnect from what's happening out there, outside these walls, that we're here having a meal together. We're here having a worship experience. We're here not worrying about whatever else is going on. I mean, this is where we're, this is where he's taking us. We're getting there. I know your, your brain gets so programmed. We get so programmed for what we think church is. We get so programmed that when church doesn't happen the way we think it's supposed to happen, we think it wasn't church, which all that is made up. That structure's made up. It's not Bible. I'll teach on that sometime. I'll show you, but it's not Bible. It's just what we've done over the years and it's whatever. I mean, we as in humans since the 1500s, the early church gathered together as family, They prayed for each other's needs. They met each other's needs. Someone was down asking, needs a a place to stay. The body of Christ can get together and say, what can we figure out about this situation? Or if you needed food, there's plenty of times money flows around up here. People that need money and they get a Pentecostal handshake. That's when you shake hands and you... Hey, and you have a, a bill folded in you. And they say, and they feel it. Well, we're not allowed to do that anymore. So you're not allowed to get money. But anyway, you could maybe tape it to your elbow. <laughs> you have tape on this side and make stronger tape on the other side. And then the tape will transfer to their elbow. What's the matter? Is it, was it loud enough? You guys can hear me, right? Yeah. Hi, Harry. Bless your brother. Harry had some surgery. He's back. So money flows. You have not because you ask not. Knock, seek, ask. The body comes together. I need prayer. I need encouragement. I can't hear from the Lord. I'm struggling to know what he's saying. There are people here that have been Sharpening their sword, their two-edged sword, the Word of God, sharp and powerful, and they can speak a word. The Lord speaks through them. Make declaration around the table. And then there's thanksgiving around the table. Lord, you're so good to us. And there's praise. Lord, this food is awesome. This food smells so good, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for this food you laid out on this table. Thank you for this food. I'm so satisfied. I feel unsatisfied today and and yesterday and Friday a little bit. I feel physically unsatisfied with food. I don't have a real interest I love it when that happens. 
when you start to physically not have an interest for natural food. And, and sometimes you think, what's wrong with me? But your, your spirit is rising up and taking over. It's taking over and it's saying, this isn't sustaining you. You need some good food from the Lord, from His table. You need your spirit strengthened and encouraged and nourished. So this isn't a time of showing up somewhere and, and a 10 o'clock checkbox. This is a time when the body gathers together and ministers to each other, worships together, prays for each other. I'm going to call it the most important thing you could do all week. I'm going to call it that. And if it's not, you're not doing it right. <laughs> you're not doing church right. You're not, you're not experiencing the body of Christ in the right way. You're not properly discerning the Lord's body. You're not properly discerning the Lord's body. Does that sound like Scripture? Yeah, that's one of the Scriptures for communion. There's many sick among you, and some die because of not properly discerning the Lord's body. There's a lot of explanations on that Scripture. One of them is, yeah, you might be sick, suffering, you might have, don't have what you need in your life because you're not properly discerning that you're sitting in the body of Christ. They're all around you. We are the body of Christ, here to minister to each other, help each other, meet each other's needs, but you can't see it or discern it. It's, a, it's an event, it's a place you go, you, you park, you walk in, you listen, but you got to discern the Lord's body. You've got to discern what's happening in the Spirit in this place. When you do, and when we do, and when I do, and yeah, sometimes you come in and you're discombobulated in your head, and it takes a little while to connect, to tune in the right frequency. You have static, and in time you're sitting here and then the frequency starts to flow. And you're discerning the presence of the Lord is here. And it's a relationship, a connection between you and the Holy Spirit. But the next level is, that's the vertical, but the horizontal relationships. Now you're seeing what the Lord's doing. These are my people. These are my family. This is the table that the Lord's prepared Part of it, part of absorbing that is, is quiet, and there's nothing quiet in life anymore. There's, no, there's nothing quiet. I used to do, um, I'm not going to run to the back of the church today. I ran out of breath last week doing that. Um. I'm going to get to this right here in a second. I used to do electrical service calls, drive around the area, go to people's homes, mostly residential. Started out selling vacuum cleaners when I was in college. You know, how would you like to win a hurricane lamp? Um, Kirby's. I sold Kirby's door to door in college and then here. That's where I met Dave Henry. Um, we used to work together selling vacuum cleaners. But, um, a lot of jobs I had then I, then I was an inspector in New Jersey f for several years, driving from house to house. So all, all my life experience, I've been in a lot of homes. Guess what? They're mostly all messy, 95% of them. So don't worry about yours. <laughs> You're all good. When you go midweek, you know, they're, they're lived in. But... 99% of the homes I, I, I would go in, the TV's going, sometimes in multiple rooms, a radio, computer, 
There's noise, and it's continual and constant. And some people have to leave it on when they're sleeping, the TV. There's noise. And life is noisy, and life is getting more and more noisy. And information is flying at us. I, I don't think it would be an exaggeration to say at a thousand miles an hour, information is flying at us. I saw a statistic that we get more information in like a very short period of time than, than people would get in a lifetime a hundred years ago. Their whole life they wouldn't get as much information as, as we get in a little window. I mean, right here, I, you say any word. I can Google it, right? I can look it up. I can duck, duck, go it or Google it or whatever. Information is available. Noise is available. Ever-increasing in knowledge. But never coming to knowledge of the truth, Scripture says. Ever-increasing in knowledge. We are, we are full of knowledge. We're full of it. Knowledge. We're full of it. Knowledge. Um, but come to the knowledge of the truth. What is he saying? And so, so often it's that still small voice. We silence all that noise. What's he saying? And if you, Scripture says, strengthen the knee, the joint that's damaged, make the path straight and smooth. When you're at home, it might be rocky and rough and bumpy and, and your, your joints might hurt spiritually. You might be barely making it. You can't hear. You don't know what he's saying. You're, you're worried. When the body of Christ comes together, we can strengthen the joints, make the path smooth, make it easy to receive and hear from the Holy Spirit in this place. That this is a smooth place with great spiritual acoustics that we can crystal clear hear what the Holy Spirit is saying. So we got to quiet the noise down once in a while, like this. I'm distracted by all your faces looking at me. So I'm going to close my eyes. When you pray, sometimes close your eyes and your mouth and just listen to the still small voice in your spirit. Lord, what are you saying? Speak, Lord. Quiet my mind, Lord. Quiet my fears, my emotion, my worries, my concerns. My racing thoughts, quiet them, Lord. Jesus had to do that. When he was stuck inside flesh and blood and bone, when he was limited to this physical body that we're limited to, he was hungry, he was tired, he had emotions, he felt the betrayal, he felt human feelings. In fact, Scripture says he was in all ways tempted like we are, yet without sin. So because he was in this body, he had to get alone, disconnect even from the disciples. He would go off alone to a quiet place. And listen for the voice of his Father. Jesus did that. And he said, everything I do and everything I say is what the Father is saying. It's what I hear him saying. It's what I see him doing. Would to God, would to God, that his children, that the body of Christ 
would be able to see what he's doing and hear what he's saying and respond appropriately to what God's doing. Come alongside what God's doing. Work next to him. I pray for the body of Christ on the earth, on this planet today. I pray we stop doing our own agenda and then asking him to bless it. We do our own thing and then we say, Lord, bless this, anoint this work I did. And he says, I'm tired of you making sandwiches I didn't order. I'm tired of you doing these things I never asked you to do. Anoint what? Anoint your flesh? Anoint what you did in the flesh? I can't do that. I can't do it. Churches are emptying in America, across the country. People are not going to church. And it's this phenomenon that confuses us, us Americans. We're like, what is, what, what is up? So we tried Disneyland inside churches. We tried Starbucks inside churches. And you can't do, you can't do coffee better than a barista at a church. I mean, unless you hire one. You're not going to entertain better than the world in a church. You're not going to have better movies. It's not going to work. And this whole shutdown has been awesome. That all that stuff kind of faded in the background because it had to. It had to. But we build kingdoms and then we ask the Lord to bless it. Well, we've, we've, we've approached a time when all that can be shaken will be shaken. And only that which cannot be shaken will remain. And we're here. And, it, and it's shaking. It's shaking. And more than ever, more than ever, in my lifetime anyway, I don't know about in history, but I know in more than ever in my lifetime, Lord, what are you saying? What are you doing? We want to be with you. We want to do what you're doing. We want to build on your foundation. We want to grow the way you want us to grow in the areas we're supposed to grow in. We want to be balanced. We want to be biblical. We want your power. We want your presence. We welcome your presence. We welcome your agenda. We welcome your plan. We sit back, recline at the table. We will eat what you serve us. We'll drink what you pour in our cup. And we'll recline at your table as long as you're serving. For as long as you serve us, we'll be here receiving nourishment, strength, wisdom, words, conversation. What would happen at family gatherings? The, the older family members would talk to the younger ones and, and give advice wisdom and ask questions. How are things? What's going on in your life? How's your work? And they would give advice. And you look for counsel. And maybe you've come to a place in your life where there's not a lot of your relatives around anymore that give you advice. The King of Kings and Lord of Lords is at the head of the table. He's the head of the church. He's at the head of this table. He's the host of the banquet. And we could ding on our glasses 
You know how they do that? Ding, 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 ding. Because he wants to make a speech. He wants to make a speech. Can I have your attention, church? I'd like to speak. What would he do first if we entered his banquet hall? What's the first thing he would do? He came in to his banquet hall from outside. What would our King of Kings and Lord of Lords do? He would wash our feet. When we do that living Lord's Supper, Peter says, I'll never let you wash my feet. We've got to humble ourselves. It's a weird experience to have someone wash your feet for you. It's awkward. Let them wash your feet. You come in, let them wash your feet. Why? Because he loves you. He loves you. Wash your feet, then he'll embrace you. Probably longer than 20 seconds. So there'll be all this endorphin reaction to, a, to an embrace. A deep embrace from the Lord. You feel His presence. You feel His life force melting into you. Maybe you weep. Maybe you just start bawling. Maybe you start laughing. Maybe your legs get weak and you crumble. He embraces you and then he takes you right to a, 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 a chair and says, this is your spot. He doesn't say, he doesn't say, all right, some of you go down in the basement and eat. Some of you will be in the dining room. Some of you sit on the couch and some of you sit on the deck with your single ply paper plate balanced on your knees. He doesn't say that. He has a spot for every one of us at his, at his table. And then he serves us. All the way down to Dessert and after dinner, drink, whatever that is. In heaven, it's going to be awesome. (laughs) All the way down to there. And then one more time, that image in my mind of him tapping on his glass. Can I have your attention? Would you mind if I participate in this service? Would you mind if, 
if the host says a word. God, have mercy on us that we've gathered in his name at his table and we didn't let him speak. God, have mercy on us. Speak, Lord, your servants are listening. Right, Matthew. Matthew 10. These are some of his words. We're going to get to the point where, oh man, we're going to hear. We used to talk about once upon a time in the 1980s. How many were alive in the 1980s? Didn't we have some cool hair? The girl's hair was this big. The guy's hair was long in the back. We wore docksiders. I used to wear a tie to school like Michael J. Fox. <laughs> but in the 80s, they used to talk about Rama and Logos. You guys ever hear those two words? Rhema, Rhema and Logos. Some people loved it and were like, yeah, the written word, the spoken word. Some people hated it. There's no new revelation. The, the canon is completed. If you use the word revelation, if you notice when I say the Lord spoke to me and he illuminated scripture, I'll say illuminated. I just say that for the holdover people that if I would say he revealed, they'd say, there's no new revelation. They would say that. That was like a thing. You guys weren't part of that. But the rhema word, okay, living, active word of God. The word of God is living and active. It, logos or rhema, it's the word of God is awesome. But the letter of the law kills, but the spirit gives life. So you got the word of God and you're like, this is so boring. I don't get it. I get it. <laughs> I get that it's boring and you don't get it because the Holy Spirit has to bring life, has to breathe on this word and make it come alive to you. So we're, we're coming into, we're working on, we're practicing, we're making declaration, we're praying out, we're getting to the point where rhema, fresh, living, active word is coming out of us, the body of Christ. That we're not, we're not just quoting scripture because we memorized it in, in a vacation Bible school when we were seven, and now we're 70, and we're still quoting, but Lord, use this word, make it sharp and powerful. Speak through us. So he's doing that, but what, what does that take? Get alone with him. Listen. Let him speak. You can get alone with him in this room right now. Even though there's all these people around, you can get alone with him right now in this room. You can close in with him. Hear his voice. Okay. Matthew 10, 24. A student is not superior to his teacher, but yet every one of them thinks he is. I added that part. Most students think they're superior to their teacher. Most people think they're superior to, their, to the authority in this world today. It's sad. Therefore, Jesus had to make the statement. It's human nature. You learn something and you think you learned it all. You learn You guys want to do a retreat sometime? I, I can speak for three hours at retreats. I want to do that sometime, do a retreat, and then I can talk for three hours. Um, guys that go on the retreats, they're like, they don't mind, because I let you eat snacks while I'm talking. So, um, 
But this happened to me when I was 18, and then in my, sometime in my 30s or, or sometime, 40s, I had this terrible revelation. The Lord spoke to me when I was 18. I loved what he said. I loved it. He gave me a word, and I loved it. And I was like, yes, my marching orders for life. I got it. <laughs> 18 years old. I, he spoke to me, and I got it. I'm good forever. And I ran. Like, I ran. You ever see the old military guys? They, they have a steady pace, and the young, young guys go flying, running as fast as they can, and then they're all winded and puking their guts out, and the steady military guys come up. Hey, you guys coming? Because they're pacing themselves. Well, when you're young, you, you just, out of the starting box, you're going 1,000 miles an hour. I got this. I'm ready. You know, I can barely hold this sword. <laughs> it's so heavy, but ugh, I'm going to battle. He spoke to me, and I was like, yes! Years later, many years later, he said to me, I wasn't done. <laughs> I wasn't done. Of course he spoke to me about other things, but this one area, I was done. I was set. I want this. And I held on to it as tight as I could. He said, I wasn't done. That was like a tiny fraction of what I want to speak to you, of what I wanted to share. But it was like... It was so intense and awesome, I thought it can't get better, any better than this. But it does. It gets better and better and better and better. So whatever he spoke to you when you were young, he, he has a lot more things to say. He's not done. I don't care how old you are. He's got more things he wants to say to you. So stop thinking you're superior. <laughs> you know, I got it. I'm a, I'm a student. You're always a student. He's always going to be your teacher. A servant would never be greater than his master. We're his servant. He's our master. That's why I, I, I just say, stand here this morning and say, Lord, forgive us for being the master of our lives. Forgive us for being the master of, of your banquet. Forgive us for sitting at the place of honor because we didn't recognize you. We thought you were the gardener. We thought you were the garbage man. We thought you were a hippie. <laughs> we thought you were whatever. You didn't look like we thought, so we didn't let you sit at the head of the table. Forgive us. You're the master. The student must be satisfied to share his teacher's fate. When you become a disciple of Jesus, you're connected to him. Whatever happens to him, Whatever happened to him, whatever's going to happen to him is going to happen to you. You're going to share his fate. One of my favorite verses, Philippians 3.10. That I may know him, fellowship of his sufferings, be conformed to his death, the power of his resurrection. I want to know him. I want to know the power of his resurrection. I want to be, experience the crucifixion. I'm crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. And I want to know him. Know him personally, intimately. Know him. And I want to share his fate. He's the master. Okay, and then he says, if they called the head of the family, the head of the banquet, the king of kings, the lord of lords, the head of the church, they called him, and this translation says, lord of flies, or Beelzebub, or evil. They called the evil one, I mean, they called the head of the family, the evil one. They call Jesus evil. No wonder they malign the members of his family. If you get up and preach the letter of the law, the Bible says this, you must do this, live this way, look like this, dress like this, act like this, listen to me, sit down, we've started, now it's over, go home. If you go to a church like that, I've never been in a church like that where people said, that pastor or those people are demonic. Those people are evil. No, because they're religious. You don't call religious people evil or demonic. You call them devote, de de devout. Is that how you say the word devout? 
right? Religious people are devout. And we, we, um, we honor and praise religious people like, they're so devout. Wow. Oh, they're so disciplined. You never say, they're demonic. <laughs> you never say, they're, they're evil. You never say, they're, they're masters, the Lord of the flies. Who gets that title? The Holy Spirit people. <laughs> the Holy Spirit people get the title of evil. The Holy Spirit people that believe in gifts of the Spirit and speak out and, you know, share and exhort and testify and believe in healing and maybe dance around, maybe speak in tongues. Ah! They're, that's the Lord of the Flies. I mean, religious people might even say, I saw them speaking in tongues, and I could swear I saw flies coming out of their mouth. God help us, or whatever we do. God help us. <laughs> Have you ever noticed that? Devout religious people, they're never called evil. It's people that are surrendered to the Holy Spirit, people that are letting Jesus flow through them, people that he's, um, he's my master. I'm a servant, and I got to say what he wants, what he tells me to say. You're evil. How dare you say that? Who do you think you are? He's my master. So, religion. You, you want if you're religious, you're never going to be considered evil or weird. You're going to be considered devout and disciplined. No wonder they malign the members of his family. He sets a table in the presence of our enemies. Verse 26, don't be afraid. I'm not afraid, I'm just concerned. I'm not afraid, I'm just what, yeah, don't be afraid. I'm not afraid, I just want to use wisdom. It's not very wise to do a lot of things that they did in Scripture, especially the ones that they were reading here, and then Paul, and whatever, and thrown in prison, and beaten with rods, and if they would have just used wisdom, they wouldn't have been put in prison. Why did they have to speak in the public forums? Why didn't they stay hidden away? Why did they break away from Judaism? Why did they stop following the law? Why did they start acting like Jesus? Why did they start doing all these things in his name? And then that was the result. Be like him. But don't be afraid and don't be intimidated. Don't be intimidated. My dad used to say, I'm not intimidated because I'm not timid. Did he ever say that, Beck? Yeah. Lots of I'm not intimidated. Did you ever say that? <laughs> I'm not intimidated because I'm not timid. Don't be intimidated. God will bring everything out into the open, and every secret will be told. God will bring everything. I read this for years. Here we are. Here we are. It's happening. It's happened in pockets for years. It's happened individually for years, a huge corporate, could I call it a corporate anointing of the Holy Spirit is happening where everything is being brought out in the open. The manhole cover has been removed off hell, and you can smell it. And, they, and people that are walking with the evil one will kill you <laughs> to shut you up. They will kill you. They will kill anybody for them not to be exposed. For them not to be exposed. But last, last week we learned if they came to get you, you could walk right through the crowd because he's our shield. He's our shield. Don't be afraid. Don't be intimidated. Verse 27, what I say to you in the dark. 
repeat in broad daylight what you hear in a whisper, announce it publicly. We are practicing in here. We might not get it right every time. It might annoy you, some of the stuff that happens. But this is a place where what you hear whispered, you can speak openly, publicly. You can do it. We're not afraid. We can handle it. If you're going to go on for 30 minutes, it better be intense. But you can say it. You can say anything you want in 10 seconds, 30, a minute, anything you want. No big deal. You can say it right now while I'm talking. You're not going to throw me. might make me really curious, but you're not going to throw me. Because where do we start? We're shy, we're nervous, we're embarrassed, or we're whatever we are. And I know I keep saying it, but I, I have to keep saying it until you're doing it. So i got to keep saying it. What you hear, in the, what, what, what Jesus says to you, what the Godhead speaks to you in the dark, repeat in broad daylight what they say to you in a whisper, in a still small voice, announce it publicly. Don't be afraid. Don't be intimidated. Start with family at the table, at the banquet. Hey, this happened. Can I share it with you? Someone came up to me right before the service and said they wanted to give a testimony. Would you like to hear that testimony? You got to come on Wednesday night because they're going to share it on Wednesday night. Why are you making them wait till Wednesday? That was their choice. They want to share Wednesday. Maybe they want to start in Sunday school. Maybe they want to start in my office. Can I speak to you in your office? Like Nicodemus, can I come to you quietly and privately? I feel like the Lord's saying this. And I'll tell you, I think you're right. Or I think you're wrong. Or maybe, I'm not sure. Or let's pray about it. But if I say I think you're right, the next thing might be, will you share this publicly? Somebody two weeks ago, sitting right there, told me that they had a, a, a supernatural experience. And that they would share that testimony anytime I wanted. Lucky for them, I don't want them to right now. But they will. <laughs> Amen? Amen, Mike? <laughs> Good. You give me a testimony, and I say, wow, the body needs to hear that. What was the song we were singing? Uh, Revelation. They overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Everyone, overcome. I'm testing the compressor, or what's it called? They put a thing on my mic. They said I can yell, and it won't get real loud. Hey! Did that get real loud? Okay, wow. I guess it's working. Hey, Ben! I said, hey, Ben, because he did it. <laughs> he put it on my mic. We need to hear testimony. And yes, we could do a quarterly Revelation 12-11 night, which we used to do. We used to have Sunday night testimony night. But you can also share a testimony on a Sunday morning. You know, I'm long-winded. It doesn't mean everybody has to be. You can share a testimony. It's powerful to the body to hear what's going on. I could share testimonies from Wednesday night what was happening right here. I think it was right here. Stuff going on Wednesday night. And they'll tell you about it sometime. It's so encouraging. I just sat back and watched because it's so encouraging for people to be doing this without, you know, me saying, give me an F. Give me a W. 
Give me a C. What's it spell? FWC. You know, you don't always want to be a cheerleader. It's like the body just starts functioning. So, and you sit back and go, wow, this is awesome. I love it. Okay. What you hear whispered, announce it publicly. Don't be, do, do not, don't be in fear of those who will hurt your feelings. Don't be in fear of those who will hurt your feelings. It's not what it says. It doesn't say those who will hurt your feelings. It says don't be afraid of those who can kill your body. <laughs> don't be afraid of people that can kill you. What? <laughs> I'm not supposed to be afraid of people that can kill you? Kill me? Well, I don't know. Jesus said it. What do you think? Threaten me with eternity, right? Don't be afraid of those who can kill the body and not your soul. Fear only God. Fear only God. So who do we fear and what do we fear? Nothing but God. I mean, who do we fear and what do we fear? Everything, you know. I don't know. Depends on where you're at. I'm not chastising either. I'm saying we can walk here. We can absorb his presence. We can sit at his table. We can hear his voice. When he says to you, like Rhema, a live, living word, and he speaks to you individually and says, don't be afraid of them. I have had this happen to me over the years. I am terrified. I've had, you know, moments of fear and moments of terrified. And I'm terrified. And all of a sudden the Holy Spirit just says, stop. Like even this morning, he puts a table in the presence of my enemies. I'm like, yeah! I don't care. I'm going to sit down and eat. Everybody in the room could be my, you're not. Evil, demonic world, realm, whatever. All around me. I'm not afraid. Amen? I'm not afraid. And I really am not afraid. I'm not afraid. I'll say anything. I'm just not saying everything for your sake. But, I, but I'll say anything. But I'm also be a polite gentleman. But I'll say anything. I'm not afraid. Is he actually speaking? Is that the Lord? <laughs> you bumped the uh, audio on your Bible, right? And now it's reading? <laughs> it's okay. I've done it. All right. Six. I got it. I'm good, right? I am good. They only give me an hour. Can you believe that? <laughs> like, man, what do you get said in an hour? You know, like, come on. Movies, a good movie. If I see a movie, can you imagine a movie is 60 minutes? Would you want to watch a movie that's 60 minutes? It's like you look, hour and a half, two hours. What was uh, uh, Dances with Wolves, like three hours? Right? It's like, well, yeah, they're developing the plot. What, what, can you, what, can you, what kind of movie is 60 minutes long? 60 minutes. It's like a TV show. Right? Y'all are getting nervous. I said it, and I mean it. Come when you can, leave when you must. I'll try not to be crazy with time, but... It's Sunday, man. I love this day. I love it. I really love it. I don't know. I don't always love Sunday morning on Saturday night. But I love it on Sunday morning. Sometimes on Saturday night, weird things happen in my head. But Sunday morning, I love it. You get in, presence of the Lord, brothers and sisters, encouragement. Anyway, all right, all right, enough of that. Don't be afraid of those that could kill the body. You got to get there. You got to get there. You got to get there. I saw this lady on a video. She must have been, I don't know, 70? 
And all these protesters were screaming in her face like this. And they threw paint on her. You saw it? And she's like, we died for you. Our generation died for you. And she's like, oh, I mean, these people are in, in her face. I was like, wow. First of all, yeah, it's horrible. And I hate that it happened. But I also was like, this woman is bold. She is bold. And guess what? They didn't touch her. I mean, they did throw paint on her. But they didn't kill her. But it, it looks scary. Like anything could go down and anything could. She's like, this is wrong. And here's the line, you know. Here's the line. You're not crossing it. Well, I'm going to kill you. Good luck. Good luck. As Mike would say, bigger men have tried. Right? <laughs> Good luck. I'm not afraid. Heather might think that's a little radical. She's my wife. She's like, I don't want you to die. I'm not going to die. It's not going to happen. See, I have bulletproof glass right here in front of You guys can't see it, can you? All right. Thank you, thank you, thank you very much. <laughs> Is that good? That look real? Okay. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. No, I can't do that. I can moonwalk. No, I can't. Just kidding. I don't even know how. I can't even dance. I dance like this. <laughs> this is it. So, anyway, that's all I got. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay. And I'm really embarrassed to go like this at weddings. I don't really like doing it. So, I had to do this at two weddings. Huh? What is it supposed to be in my arms? I used to be able to. <laughs> okay, anyway. I'm not afraid. I told you I'll say anything. And I will. Those who can kill the body of another soul, fear only God who's able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Fear God. Fear him that you're, oh, I'm in charge. I, oh, God, my own, you better be afraid. I'm sorry, Lord, that I took control of my own life all these years. I'm sorry, Lord, that we programmed you right out of church. I'm sorry, Lord. I fear you. I fear you not being here. I fear his presence not being here. I mean, I can only shop on Amazon so long, sitting in church, if his presence isn't here. I've seen you. Oh, maybe, oh, this is on sale. And I don't blame you. If his presence isn't here, Amazon's more interesting. All right. Fear God. Now, the good news, you can buy two sparrows for a copper coin. Not one sparrow falls from its nest without the knowledge of your Heavenly Father. You are worth much more than, you coming up here, Beck? This is a smooth transition. Watch this. See how smooth that was? I signaled her. I'm getting good. You are worth much more. You are worth much more than a sparrow. And not one falls without your Heavenly Father knowing it. Thank you so much for listening to our very first podcast. If you have any questions about the church or about upcoming events, you can visit the church website at familyworshipcenter.org or give a call to the church office at 215-361-2431. Thank you. Have a great day.